Sunflower farming is South Africa's third largest grain crop, according to Grain SA. This week on Farmers Inside Track, Free State Sunflower Farmer Happy Letsitsa gives us some insider tips into growing the crop. At its 190th anniversary celebrations, AgriExpo honored Joanne Isaacs for her contribution to agriculture during her term as the head of department at the Western Cape Department of Agriculture. She says the award is carried to all women and people of color in Mzansi's agri sector. Controlling biological pests and diseases effectively can be difficult. In our Farms, Food and Future segment, powered by Andermatt Madumbi, Sias Leipold, Platform Lead for Business Development Commercial Agriculture at Andermatt Madumbi, says a holistic approach to pest control is your best bet. From cordials and preserves to hand sanitizer and household cleaning products, this week's Agripreneur 101 features Patricia Manicum, who took a chance drive through Robertson in the Western Cape and found the perfect farm on which to start a retirement business. On top of our book pile is The Resilient Farmer by Doug Avery. And our farmer tip of the week comes from Western Cape poultry farmer, Joandra Kluter Gregory. This is Farmer's Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey, I'm Zanzi and welcome to episode 103 of Food from Zanzi's podcast called Farmer's Inside Track. I am Dawn Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Food Form Zanzi, and joining me is my co-host and Food Form Zanzi's head of news, Duncan Masiwa. Hey Dawn, it is absolutely great to be back, and what an honor, you know, to be in the seat as head of news. A year ago, I couldn't write news, <laughs> now I'm the head of news. An amazing journey, I tell you. But let's kick off with the show with that promised talk about starting a sunflower farm in Mzanzi. Of course, Nicole Ludov chats to Happy Litsita from the Free State. Nicole, over to you. Thank you so much, Dawn and Duncan. Now, Happy, can you please tell us a bit about yourself? I'm a farmer from Velkom in the Free State. I have been farming for seven to eight years. I started farming sunflower when I did a crop rotation for groundnuts. I was basically planting groundnuts, then I had to do the crop rotation, then I changed to sunflower. It's now been four years I've been planting sunflower. The business is a sole prop and the business name is SP Litsitsa, trading as Neutredacht Farming. What kind of soil works best for sunflowers and when do they usually get harvested? Sunflower can be planted from the beginning of November till late January. But if you need to maximize your yield, it is always advisable to plant it early November. Seeds are planted at a depth of 25 millimeters and the population of the seeds depends on each farmer and the planting date. Aspiring farmers should start with soil preparation and comparing the cultivars they need to plant. Also, the weed control is very important. So they should get the chemical specialist as well as the fertilizer specialist, depending on each one's soil. There are challenges like in any other businesses. Challenges can be drought when there's no rain. Sunflower can grow very hard when there's no rain. And a lot of rain can also damage sunflower. 
The other challenges which we can control is birds eating the sunflower when it's ready for harvest. So the birds you can also control, but you can always try other things like bombs and shooting the birds and all that. But you can control them. The reward for the sunflower is that the market is available. You know, you can always take your sunflower to OVK, big cop like OVK and Senves. So the market is available. Oil cities, is, the market is very big and available. Do you have any tips for aspiring sunflower farmers? What kind of challenges come with sunflower farming? And what would you say are the rewards? An easy planted commodity. Also, the input for the planting is very reasonable. Compared to other commodities like maize, sunflower can be planted, let's say, very cheaper. Sunflower is sufficient in a especially in a sandy to loamy soil, and the harvest is late April to mid-May. Thanks, Nicole, and great having you happy, Litita, who's, of course, a free state sunflower farmer. Now, for more information, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Next up, at its 190th anniversary celebrations, AgriExpo honored Joeen Isaacs for her contribution to agriculture during her term as head of department at the Western Cape Department of Agriculture. Now, she says the award and recognition is to all women and people of color in Mzanzi's agri-sector. Dawn, over to you. You received an honorary award at AgriExpo's 190th heritage celebration. How did that feel? Well, it actually was surprising because, as I mentioned at the start, it was actually my work. I need to work with everybody when you're in that position. You can't choose because everybody has a contribution to make. So from getting the award, it was surprising because I thought, geez, I'm like retired now. Mm. They're giving me this award. You know, your first instinct is like, wow. Second is, why me? <laughs> and the third is, okay. I'll, I'll accept it because I think it's also recognition for women and for people of color. It's an unusual award because I don't think they've ever done this before. It's really an honor and it's humbling. And you've walked quite a road in the agricultural sector. Tell us about your journey. And also you spoke about finding common ground, which is important. And the common ground that you spoke about is specifically agriculture and wanting to build the sector together, irrespective of your race, irrespective of your gender, to be inclusive for all who work and live off it and in it. You highlighted that in your remarks earlier. Inclusivity is talked about very easily, but doing it is not done often. Mm -hmm. We tend to polarize still in this country, and I do think it's something we need to as individuals in the agricultural sector sit down and look in the mirror. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is, is I live in a small community. I was raised on agriculture. Yes, I studied agriculture, but it wasn't foreign, if you know what I mean. For me, it's a passion because I wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for agriculture. And it's agriculture from a farming and a household community perspective. One needs to remember your roots, but you also need to say, what do we do to build? And that's my job. I work with anybody. Just also been appointed as the new chair of the Agricultural Research Council. Congratulations on that. And also for, for representing women in the sector once again. Just about your position and also what it means to you. I think what is important is that, as I mentioned in the speech, is the Premier nominated me and the National Minister um, accepted the nomination and then decided to make me chair. I think the Agricultural Research Council has a lot to offer the sector 
And I do think the work they're doing there is wonderful, but people don't know about it. And so my job is also to demystify what happens in, in that organization and to show farmers there is a common purpose. To the farmers and readers of Food from Zanzi, just your message for them, especially the new farmers in the sector. Agriculture is important. Your role in it is important. You need to create a network around you so that you can get the right information at the right time for the right reasons so that you can expand agriculture and get the young people involved because we need to look after our future. Thanks, Dawn. And of course, great having you, Joeen Isaacs, who's the newly appointed chair of Agricultural Research Council. Talk about a dynamic and powerhouse in Mzanzi's agri-sector. We now change gears from celebrating agricultural role players to controlling biological pests and diseases effectively. In our Farms, Food and Future segment powered by Andamat Madumbi, C.S. Leipold, platform lead for business development commercial agriculture at Andamat Madumbi, says that a holistic approach to pest control is your best bet. I usually start by asking all of my guests a little bit about themselves. Where did you start in the agri-sector? And tell us a bit about your work at Andamat Madumbi. In, in agriculture for quite a long time. It started 1998, basically, when I joined BASF up in Nelspreit as an entomologist. I left them in 2000 to join a biological company in KZN by the name of Biological Control Products. I spent about seven years with them before joining Dumbi. Well, there was a year which I, I worked for Andamat South Africa. But since then, I was involved with Medumbi and since 2011 with Medumbi full-time. Over the past few weeks on Farmers Inside Track, we've covered root and soil health, plant vitality, and this week we're focusing on biological pests and disease solutions. Now to kick off, perhaps you could give us an overview of what biological pest control is exactly. There's many definitions. I think if you go and look on Google or look for a definition, you will find quite a lot. But it all boils down to the control of pests and diseases by making use of biological control agents. Now, these biological control agents is normally predators, parasitoids, as well as microorganisms. And quite often, the predators and parasitoids are grouped together and called macrobials. And we're quite fortunate at Andamat Medumbi because not too long ago, macrobials became part of our biomanagement product portfolio. And this is because a sister company in South Africa joined the Andamat group. And our macrobials are now produced by Andamat Vital Bugs, and they situated in Zemin. With regards to the, the microorganism side, it is divided into beneficial fungi, and all our fungal products are produced by Andamat Plant Health Products, and they situated in KZN. Our beneficial bacteria are produced by two companies. One is in Germany, called Abitep, and the other one is Certus in the US or in America. And then lastly, the biobaculovirus products are produced by Andamat themselves. They are seen as the, the world leaders in virus production, and it's produced in Switzerland at the head office. Dawn, I think viruses are a sensitive topic these days, especially with COVID around. So maybe just to clarify, bacular viruses are very specific. It will only affect insects and in that group only 
specific species. So it is, it's got no effect on beneficial organisms, no effect on animals, and definitely no effect on humans. It's amazing just to see the footprint and where all your products come from. Just to get an overview of that, thank you so much for sharing that. Now, how are these biological products used to control pests and diseases, the ones that you've just listed and highlighted? And Dawn, we promote a holistic approach and integrated pest management fits quite nicely into this holistic approach. And similar to biological control, there are many definitions for IPM or integrated pest management. At Medumbi, we like to use the one from Dr. Surendra Adara. He's the entomology extension advisor for California in the US, and he devised or put together a very good definition for IPM. And according to Dr. Dara, IPM focuses on pest and disease control in such a way that it is economically viable. So it's got to be affordable. It's got to be socially acceptable. And also it's got to have minimal impact on the environment. So the bottom line is, is that you don't use a single product or focus on a single product but rather a combination of product or or strategies. And tied into this, at Medumbi, we don't focus only on biological products, but rather birational products. You know, a birational product is any product that can fit into an IPM strategy and that will have minimal impact on the environment. So if you look at our total biomanagement portfolio, These products will be the microbials, it will be biostimulants, it will be microorganisms, it will be plant extracts, as well as some of the products based on uh, minerals. Now, CS, how can this range, which includes fungi, bacteria, baculoviruses, plant extracts and minerals, assist farmers to improve their operations? I think the best option is to follow the IPM principles, as I mentioned, and a strong IPM program will combine various products and strategies. And currently, there's roughly nine categories which farmers can use to either choose products or a strategy from. For us, and I think Mark Hutton and Dr. Brendan Newman highlighted this in previous conversations, our priority is to increase plant health and soil health. And we can do that by either using biostimulants or cover crops. Secondly, we could use microbials, as as I've mentioned, but there's many other options. You know, mass trapping is an option, using pheromones, not only for monitoring, but also to attract insects for the purpose of controlling them. And then where Andamatmadumbi comes into play is the supply of microorganisms. Those are the fungi, bacteria, and viruses I mentioned. We also have plant extracts and mineral-based products. And then lastly, you know, everyone thinks that chemicals do not have a place in an IPM program, but they do. It's a combination of all these strategies to give you a proper program. And well-designed IPM program will be effective, it will prevent resistance buildup, and also it will have minimal impact on the environment. Thank you so much for that overview, CS. Now, what can Mzanzi farmers and especially new farmers do to protect their crops against pests and diseases? You've just mentioned a few examples of the products, but how can they do it practically as well? And especially around the management, 
it's very difficult for a new farmer to know all of this when they get started. What are the key things that they should be focusing on? Dawn, I think you know, when you look at biological products or birational products, prevention is always better than cure. And that is why the focus on producing healthy plants in healthy soils and preferably with a healthy root system and in a healthy, good environment, that is always your first objective. Unfortunately, in a monocrop system, I think we'll always have challenges with regards to pests and diseases. And therefore, for a, a farmer or a new farmer, you have to look at using IPM principles. And that means that the farmer, you know, farm management, if it's a big operation, and all the employees need to be hands-on. They have to be knowledgeable, not only about the crop they're producing, but also the interactions between that crop and uh, the different pests and diseases. And as you can think, managing all these aspects, you have to have effective communication between all parties and also advanced and proper planning. And for me, maybe the most important one, specifically when you want to incorporate uh, birational products, you have to know what's going on in the crop, what is happening and when it's happening. So therefore, proper and frequent scouting becomes critical. And then before we let you go, CS, could you list three vital tips for farmers when it comes to using biorational products to manage pests and diseases? And then that would wrap up our conversation for today. I think it's quite difficult to prioritize it to three, but you know, in the introduction, I mentioned that I've been in, in the agricultural business for quite some time and specifically with biological products. And, you know, 20 years ago, you know, when biologicals were introduced to agriculture compared to now, where it's becoming more mainstream, it unfortunately means that there are a lot of companies, fly-by-night companies that are seeing the opportunity. And that is all they want to take is this opportunity. And unfortunately, it results in them selling inferior products and with making unrealistic promises. So my first tip would be for farmers to buy quality products and buy it from reputable companies, whether it's the production or the distribution company, because they must ensure that these companies have quality assurance protocols in place and at the very least you know by law all pest and disease control products have to be registered under act 36 of 1947 so farmers need to look whether those products are registered at least that gives them some assurance that the relevant product has been tested commercially the the second tip is make sure that that product is is or can be technically supported in field. You know, nine out of 10 times when any product and specifically biological products do not work, it's because of application issues or incorrect application. So these products need to be technically supported. The farmer needs to know how to mix the product, especially in a tank mix scenario. He needs to know whether this product is compatible with the other components in the tank. And now um, coverage is, a, is another issue. Most, 99% of the time, biological and birational products are not systemic, which means contact is very important. So crop coverage becomes important and also timing. I mentioned 
proper and regular scouting. You know, you need to know when to apply these products. And then the last tip, if you can put it that way, is that farmers should move away from looking for silver bullets or single products to sort out a problem, rather look at a holistic approach, as in IPM, where you combine the best of, of, of all categories to give you the solution that you're looking for. Thank you so much. That was great. Is there something else that you maybe want to add as we close the conversation? It's an interesting era we're entering, you know, as I said, being involved from the beginning, but from early days to where this industry is moving now. It's exciting times. I'm looking forward to it. It's my passion. I love seeing how we can incorporate, you know, birational products into conventional chemical programs. Looking forward to the road ahead. Thanks, C.S. Leipold, Platform Lead for Business Development Commercial Agriculture at Andamat Madumbi. Next up, our Agripreneur 101 segment features Patricia Manakam, the co-founder of Owls Products based in Robertson in the Western Cape, who produces everything from cordials and preserves to hand sanitizer and household cleaning products. Patricia, you and your hubby were set on taking an early retirement, but started an agribusiness instead. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how Owls Products started? My husband and I, Hedley, we originally from Johannesburg. My husband has always wanted to do an early retirement at 55, leave the corporate life and do something else. And we were very fortunate that we could do that by taking an early retirement package. And he could do that. He did retire earlier than 55. And then we had an agreement. I said, that's cool, but he needs to take a sabbatical for a year. And then we started looking on where we're going to go. We didn't have to stay in Joburg at all. My background was landscaping at that stage. I could just pick up my landscaping designer box and go wherever I wanted to. And it took us two years to look at all the different places in South Africa. And when we did Route 62, we just fell in love with the valley. And that was in 2016, January 2016. And we then decided to look for what's available in the area not knowing what we wanted to do and Owl's Rest Farm was for sale at that stage. Got a beautiful house and we bought it as a going concern. We then bought the property and grew the business to what it is today. What are some of the challenges you face in your business and what are some of the more rewarding aspects? The other challenges that I've got as a woman being in the farming industry it is still a little bit difficult for a woman to be in there. In certain sectors, they look at you and they think, oh, are you doing your garden and you've got a few olive trees and some lavender bushes? But it is slowly but surely changing, which is wonderful to see. Although in the olive industry, I must say, and I have to compliment the olive industry and SA Olive on that, there are quite a few ladies who have olive farms who make a success of it. And it's wonderful to see that opportunity and to be part of that industry. What keeps you inspired or motivated? Getting compliments from people saying, wow, what a gem this is, how beautiful it is, how beautiful our farm is. Having repeat customers coming back to us, people just keep on coming back, just even if it's just for a coffee, to enjoy the beautiful nature around us and people relying on our products and buying again and again because they're really enjoying it. And that is really lovely and fantastic to see. It's heartwarming to have that. What are your five tips or pieces of advice for aspiring agripreneurs who may want to follow in your footsteps? 
It's so beautiful and wonderful to see how the local people, how the South Africans have supported us through lockdown. And that's really, really been fantastic. We feel very blessed and fortunate that we're in a situation like that. Thanks, Duncan and Patricia Manicum, co-founder of Owls Products based in Robertson in the Western Cape. Now for our book of the week as chosen by farmers, The Resilient Farmer by Doug Avery. The author opens up about the mental and emotional challenges he had to overcome in an isolating and unpredictable agricultural sector. Terry Ann Browers, Food for Mzanzi's Citizen Journalist of the Year, reviews this book for us. Hi Dawn and Duncan. In this deeply personal and honest book, farmer Doug Avery opens up about the mental and emotional challenges he had to face in the isolating and unpredictable agricultural sector. Doug Avery suffered terribly during an eight-year drought. His farm was depleted and so was he. He did not realize it, but this difficult time had put him in a severe depression. Avery says that his story is not uncommon as many farmers have to soldier on in isolation, slipping further and further into debt and desperation. This book is a great read for all farmers as it tackles the emotional and mental struggles that farmers have to often deal with in silence. Thanks, Darianne. You know what, Dawn, we often overlook the mental health struggles so many farmers, agricultural workers and many others deal with in the sector. Remember, if you'd like to review a book or perhaps you have a book suggestion, feel free to email us at info at foodformzanzi.co.za. Now, before we let you go, we now share our farmer tip of the week from Western Cape poultry farmer, Joandra Kluter-Gregory. She shares a few vital tips for new and aspiring poultry producers. Girl or boy, you really need to have the passion for it. If you want to get into it, go for it. But also know that you have to be active. And when I say actively involved, you can't sit on the internet and farm. You can't sit on your phone and farm. You can't always say, I put a worker there. It doesn't work that way. You have to tap on your own chest and say, okay, do I understand what I let myself into? And do the person understand that I'm employing what is expected from them? So my tip will be start with what you have, but also remember that it is hard work. It's hard work. It's a lot of time. Sometimes you will have to get up at 12 o'clock at night. You will have to go and check on your chickens. You will have to do a lot of things. So don't think it's an easy journey because it's not. If you don't cope well with loss, then get out. Because as a livestock farmer, you're going to have loss. But you also need to know how to deal with it. If you don't have a checklist when you walk into your coops, remember we rely on other people, but we also need to guide other people. We need to guide other people. We need to train other people. We need to inform other people. So your biosecurity needs to be practiced on a daily basis. So how do you do that is make it part of your daily checklist that your workers handle. Was the food bars clean? Did you put new sanitizer? Did you change the water? Did you clean the feeders and drinkers? That's all part of it. It's just not the entrance to a place or a cornered off section of the farm. It's everything that has to do with your chickens, with the health of your chickens. So cleaning your feeders and drinkers, do they have enough warmth? Have you taken out your sawdust? Have you cleaned their bedding on a regular basis? Your biosecurity is part of your daily checklist and it needs to be practiced every day, not when avian flu hits us. So it's an everyday thing. 
And our farmer top of the week from Western Cape poultry farmer, Joandra Kluter Gregory, who happens to be one of my favorite farmers, brings us to the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Foodform Zanzi. For daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and on Twitter. Plus, don't forget to catch our weekly sessions on all things farming on Twitter spaces called Gather to Grow. That's correct, Dawn. Remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. And be sure to also check out our newly launched sister publication called foodforafrica.com for inspiration and news from across the continent. But from me, Duncan Masiwa, Dawn Umdu, Nicole Ludov, our producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of Team Food from Zanzi, have a great week. What joins a continent but its continuous flow over mountains, through rivers, in the rhythm of the land? What ignites its future but the promise to fulfill, to protect and grow the very life of tomorrow? African Blue Corteva Keep Growing You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track Podcast supported by Food Forms Answer. For more information find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za